Hey everyone, Steven Jensen here. See if uh, anyone's here in the chat. If anyone's watching, feel free to uh, just hit me up. I actually have the chat box on on the screen, as you can see, so I should be able to kind of display anything that anyone says on here. Since obviously I'm here uh, by myself today. Tomorrow I'll be on at 1 p.m. Eastern time with Throwback. My buddy Pat uh, has his own YouTube channel, Throwback 27. Big supporter of the show. He's gonna come on tomorrow, like I said, at 1 p.m. So if anybody uh, is watching right now and wants to join tomorrow, please do. Um, I see some people already trickling into the chat. We got uh, John Gorman. What's up, John? Welcome back. Uh, Jordan Lassiter. Welcome back to the chat. Good to see you guys in here. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just going to be kind of a Q&A, just kind of hanging out. I'll probably do about an hour or so, give or take, maybe half hour, hour. We'll just kind of see how it's going. But uh, as always, Super Chats donations, super appreciated. Super Chats are available right here through YouTube. Donation links are in the description. You could use either of those links. The top link gets a display on the screen, but if that doesn't work, the bottom link goes directly to me. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, it works the same way. I'll still make sure to answer any questions. I'll make sure to uh, you know read any statements. If you have anything you want to plug, you got a company, a little small business, something like that, uh, any amount of super chatter donations, I'll make sure to uh, you know read out for you. But this is going to be pretty heavily reliant on on what y'all want to talk about today. So let me uh, see what we got here. There we go. Um, oh, Dylan, you can uh, you can uh, you can show John's message. I saw that you. Uh, thank you for moderating, by the way. But that message is fine to show if you can uh, if we can view that. Um, I just can't. Actually, I might be able to reach it from here. Sorry, this is a little bit scuffed, y'all. Got set up like really. Uh... Um, like really last second coming on uh, on stream today, so I'm just kind of getting warmed up here. Um, let's see what we got. Dylan's wrestling stuff. Thank you for joining the chat. Dylan's another big supporter of the podcast. And uh, Dylan does his own uh, reviews over there on his YouTube channel, too. So check that out at Dylan's Wrestling Stuff. You can see him right here in the chat. John Gorman. Uh, the rest of the chat can't see it, but I can see uh, that message. It says, managed through that, <laughs> managed through that shit show overall last night. I actually watched most of it. Um, admittingly, uh, when Lana vs. Nia Jax happened, I, um, I did not watch that so so we had like i watched the rest of the show when uh when lana and i Jax was starting to happen i actually um my brother had somehow you know he's a, he's not really a wrestling fan but he watches a lot of it because he's with me a lot and he had somehow never seen the rock versus hulk hogan from wrestlemania 18 like we were just i brought it up or something while me and him were hanging out last night so when nia jacks versus <clears throat> um lana was about to come on I switched over to the network and we watched Rock versus Hogan. Although I did see that whole uh, everyone's talking about Nia Jax's butthole right now, so I don't know. Like I, I, I'm very out of the loop on like what happened there. I just see everyone talking about it, and to be totally honest, I don't care enough to like look into it. But everyone's talking about Nia Jax's butthole right now, so we'll. Cool. Um, if that's the most if that's the most talked about thing that happened on Raw, I feel like we probably didn't have a very good episode of Raw. If that's like the main talking point. Um, let's see what else we got. 
Uh, throwback says, th throwback, by the way, this is, I was just talking about y'all a second ago. Um, throwback here in the chat, throwback 27, who's who's coming on the show tomorrow with me at 1 p.m. And check out his YouTube channel also. Uh, he says, is Jesse here when I'm on tomorrow? Going to be rocking that Ohio State jersey she suggested. Oh, that's what's up. I don't know if Jesse's in here right now. If you are Jesse, please uh, let the chat know. I, I texted her before I went live, and I talked to her a little bit then, but... Obviously, like, her schedule right now is, like, very, very unpredictable. So, uh, I don't know if she's in here right now or not, but she does know we're doing the show. So, uh, she may pop in. And I told her also that you're going to be on with me tomorrow. She was really excited that we were able to get you on Throwback. Because, um, <clears throat> you know, we've been talking about having you on for a minute. And it's just a matter of, like, the timing working for both of us and, and you know, all that good stuff. I'm not sure what me and Throwback are going to talk about yet tomorrow, but... I really want to do NXT takeover predictions, so maybe we'll do that tomorrow. Even though, even though NXT is tomorrow night, so I guess, I guess something could maybe change for takeover. But I'm assuming the card is pretty set in stone as of right now. So maybe we'll maybe we'll do NXT takeover predictions tomorrow with a uh, with throwback. We'll see how we'll see what, what you know how things go and uh, and all that good stuff. But I'm looking forward to that show tomorrow. Dylan's wrestling stuff says carrying cross heading to the main roster soon. I think so. He was a guy that I didn't think was going to be in NXT for very long because, similar to Damian Priest, he's the kind of guy that I think once Vince like really realizes that he's there, because I really think Vince is is not paying like much attention to NXT. Like uh, I gave the analogy on a on a pre on a recent show about how now obviously there's very very big differences between. Um, Dixie Carter and Triple H, right? I'm not making a comparison in, in that way. Like, Triple H, I hope, you know, is the one who eventually is is the decision maker for the WWE and can implement what he's done with NXT onto Raw and SmackDown and that kind of stuff. But um, what I mean by this analogy is, like, Dixie Carter's parents basically bought her TNA wrestling as, like, a, like a hobby. It's like a thing to have, you know, like... Hey, like we bought you this company, this wrestling company, and you know, do what you can with it. If you if it loses a ton of money, who really cares? Because we'll just get rid of it. And if it makes money, even better. You know, this is the thing for you. And that's how I feel about uh, Triple H with NXT. I feel like that was kind of Vince being like, I don't want to step away, but you know, we do need to prepare for the future. And you know, here, Paul, here, Triple H, here's your uh, here's your thing to have to work on and, and to spend your time on and to get a lot of and basically to get practice. Um, for when he eventually does take over, who who knows when that'll be though? But uh, <clears throat> but that's kind of how I feel about NXT, and the reason that I bring that up is because I think because of that, Vince just doesn't really pay too much attention to what's going on in, on NXT, and when he realizes like, oh, that's Karrion Cross, but he sees what he looks like and sees you know kind of what his move set looks like and stuff like that. I could totally see Vince seeing someone like Karrion Cross and, and streamlining streamlining him to uh, <clears throat> to Raw or SmackDown as fast as possible because he checks every box that the WWE is looking for. Similar to someone like Damian Priest, I was actually surprised Damian Priest was in NXT as long as he was, even though he wasn't there very long. But Damian Priest is another guy who just he has the size. Uh, which obviously that matters in the WWE to to a degree. Like he has the size, he has the look. Um, his in ring is very, very good, especially for this next generation of people that like that should be heavily featured. You know, Damian Priest is the kind of guy who can 
like my kind of thing I've been saying lately about guys like him is, you know, he's the kind of guy who can throw you over, he would pick you up over his head and throw you over the top rope, or he can just jump over the top rope and totally clear the top rope, like Undertaker style to the outside. Like, he can do everything, and he has the size and the look. <clears throat> and I think they're, you know, I don't know who Bad Bunny was before uh, he came into the WWE. I'm, I'm like a lot of y'all, but... Uh, I think it was really smart to put Damian Priest with Bad Bunny because Bad Bunny seems to be really, really famous. I mean, regardless if I know who, who he is or not, I mean, millions of people do. And I think it's smart uh, to put someone, like, because it makes Damian Priest seem like a bigger deal. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and any new viewers who may be tuning in because they're like, oh, I don't watch wrestling, but I'm a big Bad Bunny fan, they turn on Raw and they're like, oh, Damian Priest, okay, this is the guy who fights with Bad Bunny, and, like, it automatically makes Damian Priest kind of, like, a bigger star. Uh, so I, I'm i totally fine with, you know, how all that's working out so far. Let's see what other questions we got here. And once again, y'all, Super Chats and donations, I'll make sure to prioritize anything y'all uh, want to say or want me, answer, want me to answer. Um, and, all, and also, I always want to mention, uh, I, I haven't been mentioning, but I think it's smart to... I always put the audio of all these shows on my Fight Talk podcast feed, and thousands of people listen to those episodes, because I've been doing the audio version of my show for since, like, 2016. So, anything that y'all say, and, like, your names on YouTube, all this stuff gets put on the audio version, too. So, it isn't just people watching right now and people who watch the replay on YouTube. Um, anything you'll have to say does go out to all the audio listeners afterwards, too. So just wanted to let y'all know that. And, of course, me and Jesse still split the Super Chat, so you're still supporting her and her family and everything she's got going on. If you're sending me Super Chats right here, me and her still split everything. So um, just wanted to throw that out there in case anyone was thinking, like, you know, you didn't want to donate because, you know, none of it was going to Jesse or something like that. Like, it's, it's all still getting split just like it always was. Uh, let's see what other questions we got here. Let's see. Uh, Jordan Laster says that's exactly when I tuned out as well. I'm assuming you mean the Nia Jax and Lana thing. And I don't... I, I, did she land on her ass or something? Is that what happened? I mean, I don't even know what this whole ow my butt thing is. Uh, and who won the match? I, I have I care so little that I haven't even looked into who won the match. So, um, Let's see here. Eric Clark says, do you think Finn will lose the title to Cross... It depends on how long Cross is going to be in NXT. That's that's really what I think decides that. Because if Cross is going to be in NXT long term, I think you put the belt on him because that was the plan before he got hurt. And like, let's see that play out and see you know let's see him as a long term champion. But I don't think Harry and Cross is going to be around long enough. So I would say because so this weekend it's Balor versus Pete Dunne for the title, right? At Takeover. And I don't think Pete Dunne's going to win. Although I think Pete Dunne and, and Finn Balor is going to be a really, really, really good match. I just don't see Pete Dunne winning that. So, like, I could, you know, I could see, um, I could see them giving it back to Karrion Cross, But I also see Karrion Cross probably not winning it back if he's, I mean, you know, you all know what I'm saying. If he gets called up soon, then they're not going to put the title on him. Because that was a big, that was a big uh, mistake, I think, they made with Keith Lee. Like, they finally got him you know, the double championship status in NXT. And then pretty much right away, he had to lose the title to Karrion Cross because they were calling him up. And I don't want to see that happen to Karrion Cross. I, I like the idea of champions losing their belts on their way out because that helps the progression of everything. But 
like for instance the uh the viking raiders i'm pretty sure i remember it was either them or the street profits one of those two teams in nxt like never lost the titles like when they got called up i think it was i think it was yeah it was it was the viking raiders i'm almost positive and um and you know what i mean that that i don't like that you know if you're gonna leave the, the territory i think you should lose the championship on the way out because i just think it helped because it makes the rest of the roster look lame if like you know basically basically it makes it look like these people are better than than you are and like the title doesn't mean that much because they're just going to give it up and and move on to better things it kind of diminishes the whole brand and the people fighting for those titles in my opinion so um that's a long way of saying i, I wouldn't want to see them do to carry and cross what they did to keith lee um because then you know he has to lose the title right away and i don't i don't want to see Heron cross really losing right now either I, I know that sounds kind of contradictory but my so my opinion is this carrying cross if he wins the nxt title i think he'd have to lose it really fast and i don't want to see that that's basically what i'm saying and i also don't want to see him win the title then just go to raw and then he vacates like i don't want to see that either so just my personal opinions uh john gorman says light heavyweight grand prix that is i'm not sure what uh, what you're talking about, John? Maybe you're talking about. Um, was like I saw that uh, PFL just put up some of their brackets. I don't know if the lightweights. I think it's heavyweight men though, so I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. The light heavyweight Grand Prix. Just let me know, and I'll, I'll be. I'll talk about that just once I know what what you're talking about. Um, Jordan says, or Eric Clark says, do you think uh, Cross will be a big deal on the main roster? That's, I mean, who knows? It all comes down to booking, and it all gets filtered through a 70-something-year-old man who I think doesn't know what, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but I he doesn't know what I want to watch anymore. That's pretty clear. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I don't have any faith, really, in anybody who gets put on Raw or SmackDown because I don't know. It's such a wild card of, you know, because, I mean, the smallest thing could, like, ruin your whole career. You know, Vince could just not like the way you sneeze in front of him or something. And, like, you're, you're you know, you're a jobber for the rest of your career. I mean, it's just, it's very unpredictable. But I, but Cross checks all the boxes. He has the size. He has, like, that MMA background and, and style in the ring. So I think that Karrion Cross has all the tools to succeed at any level in any company. I thought he was really good in Lucha Underground. thought he was really, really good in Impact for the time he was there. I mean, like, uh, I liked him in Bloodsport and all that stuff. So it's like, he could, he could wrestle anywhere and, and be successful, but it's all going to come down to creative. Let's see here. Jordan says, are they even advertising Bad Bunny's appearances other places besides WWE, I have no idea. I'm not. The, I, I I have absolutely no idea. What I didn't know. Once again, I didn't know who Bad Bunny was pre WWE. So like, I have no clue. People talking about Nia's hole. Uh, Paul Townsley, thank you for joining the chat. Says uh, Nia did a leg drop on the apron. Oh, okay, so I'm guessing her her ass kind of like caught the the corner of the apron or something like that. Ronan Ghost, welcome to the chat. JGZ. Um, Welcome back to the chat. We got a lot of regulars, a lot of uh, some some newer faces in here too. So thanks everybody. Uh, Paul Townsley, uh, that's what I just read. Uh, so thank you for letting me know what Nia did to hurt her butt. 
Ronan Ghost says, did you watch Dragunov vs. Walter? Yes, I did. As a matter of fact, on the Fightful Select Weekender podcast, which I do every Sunday over at FightfulSelect.com, I actually gave Dragunov vs. Walter my award for 2020 Match of the Year, and that was for all companies. So, I... uh, Well, sorry, I shouldn't say all companies. It was for all companies that I cover on the Weekender. So, that covers Ring of Honor, NXT, UK... Um, 205 Live, most of the indies. Um, I talk NWA over there, Impact, you know, all that kind of stuff. Out of like that pool, you know, if we're not talking AEW, it, but even then, like Walter vs. Dragunov held up against those two, to be fair. Um, it might have just been the best match of all, all year, in my opinion, of, of any brand. I didn't count New Japan Pro Wrestling in that because I don't cover it on a regular basis on, on the show. Um, New Japan, I'm sure, had some really good ones uh, that, you know, could have been considered and stuff like that. But I thought that, uh, I thought that uh, Walter vs. Dragunov was absolutely incredible, and Walter as NXT UK champion is great, and they have a good list of, uh, of challengers for him, you know. Uh, it looks like A-Kid isn't going to be the one to get the job done against Walter. Um, Dragunov wasn't able to do it, but it was a banger. Tyler Bates had a banger, a few bangers with him. Um, you know, they were really building towards Balor vs. Walter, which I could still see happening at some point, which I think would be incredible. I think that Ben Carter is going to be a really interesting challenger at some point. I think they're going to really, really build up Ben Carter. And he presents something totally different than the other guys Walter's been wrestling. That's a totally different dynamic stylistically. So NXT UK has, and I'm missing people, I'm sure too, you know, but NXT UK has, um, uh, Jordan Devlin's doing really, really good work. I mean, they they have a really, really solid roster over there. Really under the radar with, with what they put together. And the women's division's been solid too. Like they have... Um, you know, Kaylee Ray and Ginny and, and all them. I mean, it's like, it's been pretty good. Uh, Ronan Ghost says, do you think Survivor Series 2020 was such a missed opportunity for the Miz to cash in on Drew McIntyre? Honestly, it's just, it's, I hate the Miz having the money in the bank. Uh, I'm a huge Miz fan, like historically, I've showed it on stream plenty of times, I just don't want to get up, but I have a Miz trucker hat from when he was on the Real World Road Rules Challenge, like that's how, I watched the Miz on um, MTV's Real World Back to New York, I like, I, I remember I, the, when he first started doing the Miz character, he'd get, he'd get super drunk, carry around like this uh, like this children's title belt and like knock over trash cans drunk like on MTV and as you know I was like in middle school at the time so I thought he was the best I thought he was so funny and so cool and it was awesome that he wanted to be a wrestler and all this stuff so I followed his career from the, you know the time he trained in UPW a lot of people don't know you know UPW also where Samoa Joe trained at John Cena there was a lot of really good talent that came through UPW and um the Miz, you know, so that's all to say. I'm a longtime fan, but right now, like, there is so many better people that could have that money in the bank, and I think that the Miz and Morrison in 2021 is just cringe and totally played out. So, like, I, I, my opinion on the Miz money in the bank is I think he should lose the the briefcase to somebody else or or lose the title cash in because I have I really have no interest in seeing the Miz as the WWE champion in 2021 at all. And once again, this is coming from a longtime Miz fan. It just doesn't. You gotta move on. These the WWE's just gotta move on at some point. I mean, especially when you looked over at what AEW is doing and the you know the ages of the people that they're making stars over there. Like, you know, WWE is it's. 
I mean, they have they have a lot of potential in NXT and, you know, Omis. I think there's a ton of potential there. Whether the guy can wrestle or not, he looks like someone no one can beat. You know what I mean? Like, there's... There is potential there in the WWE, for sure. But it's it's strange when you look at their main event scene. It's like, the average age has got to be, like, in, like, the 40s or so. You know, especially if you count Edge. You know, it's like, it's it's strange that they can't they can't move on and, and create new stars. Um, Jordan Lasseter says, in my opinion, guys like Cross shouldn't even be given the title because then they will have to lose. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Ronan Ghost says, have you seen Leo Rush in New Japan? To me, he's living his best life outside the WWE in terms of being on the MTV Challenge and music career, wrestling on the independents. Yeah, I have not seen much of his New Japan work since he's left the WWE, but I have seen all of his MLW work. I have seen all of his work out on the indies. Uh, In particular, the matches he's been having with Blake Christian have been really, really good. Uh, they've had like a trilogy on the indies, and it kind of culminated uh, at Fight Forever a couple weeks ago on uh, that GCW Fight Forever show that went 24 hours. So, uh, yeah, Leo Rush is doing awesome stuff, and so is Blake Christian for that matter. I mean, he's going to be wrestling at Impact Wrestling's No Surrender this Saturday, so he's making another appearance. He had a really good appearance in the X Division Cup, he went to the finals ultimately lost to Ace Austin, who I also think is incredible. So, yeah, I would highly recommend y'all check out anything that Leo Rush and Blake Christian have done against each other in recent uh, in recent weeks and months. Really, really good stuff. Jordan Lasseter says, I think it was an X-Pac situation. Are you talking about, like, the torn asshole? Is that what you're talking about? Because for, for people who don't know, there's a famous story about X-Pac going for a Bronco Buster and, like, hitting the, uh, he hit, like, the, the metal on the turnbuckle, I think. It was either that or somebody put their foot up, but I'm pretty sure he hit the metal. And, uh, he had, he, like, had to go to the hospital, like, immediately to get his, his butthole sewn back together. I mean, just brutal. I think that's what Jordan Lasseter, I think that's what you're talking about with Nia Jax and the whole butt thing, but... If if not, I just told y'all a story that you know, some of you might not know about X-Pac. Jordan Lasseter says the Dragunov match didn't feel like a WWE match. Yeah, the Dragunov and Walter match. It was much more hard-hitting. I love that style. I love that, st- that strong, you know, stiff style. As long as both wrestlers know what they're getting into and they've both agreed to, to doing it. So, you know, what I'm not okay with is people stiffing other people who aren't asking for it. People who are, like openly, you know, giving someone their hands back with their chin out and someone just, you know, like when Nia Jax punched Becky in the face, for instance, like that's stiffing somebody. I'm not okay with that. But, um, if both people know and they agreed to, and it's like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be snug, you know, you be snug back and it's agreed to, then I'm, I'm all for it. Running Ghost says Triple H was on WWE's The Bump and compared Walter to Brock Lesnar. Do you agree with that comparison? I agree with that comparison to a degree if you're looking at just the NXT UK brand, or if you even look at Walter's, um, you know, indie run, you know, especially his match with PCO from Joey Janela's Spring Break a couple years ago. You also check that out if you haven't seen it. But the problem is with Walter, like, if I remember correctly, wasn't Walter on, like, a Survivor Series team or something, like, a year ago, and he was eliminated first? I'm like I'm I'm pretty sure I don't I think I'm not making that up, but 
Let me know in the chat if y'all remember that. Didn't Walter have like some WWE appearances for like Survivor Series or something a couple years ago or like last year? But then like he lost like and just looked like every other guy out there. So that that's where I'm. If I'm Walter, like if I'm Walter and I'm making good money, I don't know what his what his financial situation is. I've or his contractual situation. I have no idea. But if I'm him, like, and I can stay in NXT UK and be a big fish in a smaller pond over there, versus God knows what happens to me when I show up at Raw or SmackDown, or maybe I mean I'd be okay with him going to NXT like the like the Wednesday show on USA. Like I'd be fine with that because I think especially if Triple H is saying this kind of stuff about him, like. Walter would be fine there, but Raw or SmackDown is, you know, let me know in the chat. Am I am I remembering that correctly, or am I just making that up? Ronan says, why is Jordan Devlin calling out the Cruiserweight Champion when he could arrive in NXT to challenge Santos Escobar? Uh, to me, it's filler. I honestly think it has a lot to do with the travel issues, Ronan. I think that's all it is. Because at some point, I think they will do Jordan Devlin, you know, uh, unifying that title with the Cruiserweight Champion. And if they keep that belt on Santos Escobar, you know, Escobar's been a great champion. I really liked his match with Kurt Stallion. I'm a huge Kurt Stallion fan. Um, and I think it looks like August Gray will probably be the next challenger for Escobar. So if Escobar keeps knocking off all these challengers, I could see him and Devlin uh, doing a kind of a, you know, a unification match for the, for the Cruiserweight title. I think that'd be really good. So I think that's why they're doing that, Ronan. John Gorman says the WWE problem has been a problem for a while, but now people are really taking notice. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you're you're very right about that, and it's. I don't think there's any end in sight, I, and I think the WWE is really content with like. You know, if the ratings aren't good or they're having a hard time getting the right people over or whatever the case is, they just go outside of the company and you know call up the Rock call up Brock Lesnar, uh, call up John Cena, you know, whatever it is, like, it's just gonna, Goldberg, he's, like, the prime example right now, you know, it's just, they're just gonna keep doing that kind of stuff, Edge, you, you know, whoever, it's just, and the, and the sad truth is, all of the names that I just mentioned are all bigger stars than anyone who's currently, like, a regular part of the show, as, and, and that's the problem, right, like, that is the problem, is that the WWE has not created anybody on the level of all the people I just talked about, but, you know, until they do that, they're just going to keep doing what they've been doing. Just keep going back to the well. Call up Goldberg. I mean, do y'all really think we've seen the last of the Undertaker in a ring? Like, am I the only one who just doesn't buy that at all? Like, I think he's for sure wrestling more matches. So, personal opinion. Um, Let's see. Ronan says, if you were to push a certain woman wrestler to the top, or to stay on the top of the division, who would it be? Uh, for you, you say Dana Brooke, Mickey James, Mandy Rose, Tamina, Candice LeRae, Chelsea Green, Liv Morgan. Uh, yeah, those are all decent choices. I think Tamina's Tamina just isn't very good. Like she, she. I think there's a reason you only see Tamina like on Royal Rumbles and Battle Royals and stuff like that. She works well in that context, but her matches just aren't very good. Um, but I mean, out of all those names, I'd say Candice LeRae. I think she's the most talented of all the women you mentioned. Um, as as far as like, uh, if you're talking specifically WWE, I think Io Shirai. That's who I would say. I'd say Io Shirai. She's probably the one who entertains me the most. That isn't already like Charlotte or 
or Becky or Sasha, you know what I mean? John Gorman says, Walter was the NXT Raw SmackDown Survivor Series, and he said he hated it and didn't care how badly he got booked. Okay, well, there, there you go. That's what I was talking about. Uh, and he's saying, like, his heart wasn't in it and just wanted to leave. Yeah, I mean, they just... He probably realized he was just getting jobbed out, you know? Ronan says, WWE needs to push new stars in the women's division. Sure, yeah, I, they need to push new stars everywhere. The women's division is in a better state, though, than the men's division. If you're looking at, like, kind of the talent pool of women that the WWE has between Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and NXT UK... And their ages and stuff like they're they're good for they're going to be good for a long time I think on the on the women's side I'm really concerned because this is the thing like if the women's division this would be a good analogy like if the women's division like was as in the such if the women's division was in the same bad shape that the men's divisions are then I think you'd see. You know, like Trish Stratus brought back to the show often. Lita brought back to the show often. Um, you know, maybe like Ivory or, you know, Tori Wilson, uh, Stacey Keebler, you know, that kind of like women who not even that necessarily that they're better at the ring because none of actually none of the women I just mentioned are as good as good in the ring as anyone. Ivory was was always very good. But um, and Trish and Lita, you know, but you know, the, you know what I mean? The point is, I think the women now are better, like they're better in the ring. They're better all around performers and they wrestle, you know, much more consistently than the women did back in the day. But if the women's divisions were struggling and they didn't have that up and coming talent, I think they'd be doing the same thing to do with the men and they just constantly be going back to the well. But luckily for them on the women's side, they don't have to do that. Uh, Ronan says, I don't know if you're a WWE games fan, but I thought the rise my thoughts on the rise and fall of the 2K games. I'm a huge gamer. I I bought every single wrestling video game from the probably from the Sega Genesis to the Super Nintendo to the N64 to the PlayStation 2 to the original Xbox to Xbox 360 and yada yada yada. I'm on the Xbox One and the Switch at this point and PC of course. Um so yes, big time, but I will say the only games I haven't purchased are the last two years that they did WWE 2K, because I think the games have gotten really, really bad. It's similar to Madden. You're just paying for the same thing year after year, and somehow 2K20, from what I've seen, was like just glitchy and even worse than the rest of them somehow. like The newest game was worse than all of them. Don't know how that happened. So I'm really looking forward to Retromania Wrestling coming out. I think that comes out on the 26th of this month. And then I'm really, 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 really looking forward to AEW's uh, console game. Because my favorite games of all time are still No Mercy, Revenge, WCW, NW World Tour, WrestleMania 2000. You know, like the, the um, THQ, AKI, Ukes, they're, uh, like those N64 era wrestling games are still to, to this day my favorite ever. And... If they can incorporate that stuff into the AEW game, which it looks like that's what they're attempting, you know, I I think that could be a real game changer for uh, for the wrestling video game genre. And I have never played 2K Battlegrounds, uh, so I it just didn't look like it was for me. Kogan says, "Well, I agree that we need to push." And welcome back, Kogan. Kogan Spory says, "While I agree we need to push new stars in the division, do you think there's an argument to be made that championship value is more important when only a select few hold them?" Yes. But it also depends on how long the title's been around, right? Like, the WWE Championship's been around for so long that, like, you know, they're going to have a ton of champions. But I know, I know what you mean. 
That's why I think AEW's done such a good job. You know, there's only been three champions. The company's been around for like a year and a half. And it's been all people that totally made sense. You had Jericho, who was the most recognizable person in the whole company when AEW started. You had Moxley win it from him, who was a massive superstar before coming to AEW. And the story made sense and everyone was ready for it. Moxley was an awesome champion. And now you've got uh, Kenny Omega, who I think is going to take it all to the next level. The whole belt collector thing I think is incredible. I love that they're doing this crossover stuff with Impact Wrestling and New Japan and, and everything that they're doing. So um, so I think AEW's done a great job of protecting their titles. Impact Wrestling is a great example of a company that doesn't protect their titles well. I love Impact. I talk about it every week. I watch it every week. I'm a big supporter of the company, but they hot potato their championships way too much for my liking. I think with the WWE, the biggest issue I've had with their titles being devalued, especially like the WWE Championship, is, isn't so much how many people have held the title, it's who's held the title. Because to me, I know a, I know a lot of people really soured on the WWE title when JBL held it. And in hindsight, when you look back at it, JBL was actually a pretty damn good champion in comparison to a lot of the stuff we've gotten in recent years, if I'm being fair. But... To me, the person that really killed that title was Jinder Mahal. Like, when they gave him that championship, and he was a total jobber, and they only gave it to him because of logistically where the WWE Network was was starting and wanting to get, you know, viewers in certain parts of the world and stuff like that, there was no build at all. Had they had Jinder Mahal, like, beaten some really big names over the span of, like, a couple months, if he had, like, won the United States Championship and held it for, you know, three, four months or something, like, then I would have no problem with it. It would make sense. But he went from just jobber to, here's the title, let's go sell subscriptions in India. You know, it's like, that was, like, to me, the the, the belt's value just plummeted when they did that something like that. You know, it just, like, okay, this is a prop. This is being used as just nothing more than that. It isn't about who's the best wrestler in the, in the world or in the company. It's about who can sell network subscriptions. And then I think, you know, with the stuff they've done with Goldberg and, and stuff like that sense just really just reinforces, you know, the, the whole it being a prop and them just trying to sell network subscriptions. And it's, it's not at all, in the, in the WWE, it's not at all about who's the best wrestler in the world. In AEW, I feel like I'm watching people competing to, to prove they're the best wrestler in the world. It's just too, I feel like I'm watching two totally different things. Uh, Jordan Laster says, Victoria needs to come back. She looked amazing in the Rumble. I agree, she's always looked great. She's always been really good, always really ahead of her time. She was a great women's wrestler when there were very few uh, women taking wrestling like super seriously, or at least that, or at least that was the way it was portrayed on TV at the time. She came in and was like a great women's wrestler from day one, and um, she was never like a diva or something like that. She was always like in it to win championships. And I've, I've actually met her in person before in Nashville, and she was super super nice. So like I, I want uh, nothing but good things for Victoria. Ronan says, do you think CM Punk ruined the Nexus in 2011? I don't know. The Nexus was doomed either way. After the Nexus lost to Team WWE, that match where, where Cena, like beat the last like two or three people on his own, Nexus was dead after that. They had an opportunity there. Um, the Daniel Bryan thing got a lot of publicity, like him choking Justin Roberts with the tie and all that and getting, you know, fired. But you know, when he came back and, you know, Nexus had a lot of, a lot of, uh, buzz and a lot of potential, but when they lost that, that WWE versus Nexus match, they, they were, they were, you know, 
dead right there. So I didn't. I don't think it really ma- would have mattered. You know, and the the most memorable thing that CM Punk did while he was with the Nexus, I think of two things. One is you know him, you know trying to like whip guys like Bray Wyatt when he was Husky Harris and and Michael McGillicuddy slash Curtis Axel slash Joe Henning and all that. I remember him like trying to discipline the guys, but then of course the big one was you know he cut the pipe bomb promo when he was in Nexus. So, but. You know, if CM Punk had never joined Nexus and never kind of got honey dicked on, you know, being a star in the company, maybe we never got the, maybe we never get the uh, pipe on promo. I don't know. Kogan says, random question. Have you ever talked to PS Power? If you did get along, if you haven't, do you think you can get along? I've never spoken to PS Power. I would a million percent, I'd have him on the podcast or I'd have, or I'd, I'd, you know, I definitely interview him or talk to him for sure. You know, he's a guy who I agree with a lot of the things he says, but there's also a lot that I disagree with, but I respect the fact that he goes out there and gives his opinion. And I think it's really, um, it's, I think it's really clever as weird as it sounds. I think it's really clever how he's still using the same microphone and camera webcam that he's been using since like, you know, he started doing videos like 15 years ago because it's almost like the brand of him at this point is like, he wears that same, like, uh, cause he still makes videos. A lot of people don't realize that. Like he still makes videos like every now and then, and he still wears that same, you know, impact. I think he wears, it's like a TNA destination X shirt and sits there in front of his old webcam and uses his old microphone and, you know, I disagree with him a lot when it comes to his views about AEW and stuff, but I do agree with you know, a handful of things that he does say. And I think he does it in a really entertaining manner, you know, similar to Jim Cornette. Like I disagree with a lot of what Jim Cornette says, but I think it's objectively like entertaining to listen to because like the way he talks and how just how worked up he gets about stuff. Like it's, you know, listening to it, I'm like, you know, it's entertaining for me to listen to, even though a lot of the time, the things he's saying, I'm like, yeah, totally disagree with that. But it's the, it's the, it's kind of the shock jock value, if that makes sense. I was a big fan of guys like Opie and Anthony, like their radio show and like Howard Stern back in the day and stuff. I kind of, even if I don't agree with what people are saying and doing, so there is an entertainment factor to, to the way people, um, kind of uh communicate and stuff and i think ps power is kind of in that boat for me i watch all of his videos i'll put it that way so i'd 100 percent talk to him i have no idea if he'd be uh be interested in talking to me or not but i'd uh, i'd definitely do it jordan lasseter says i play no mercy on the project 64 emulator and it still holds up yeah i actually luckily i still have a working n64 uh in my living room and i still have the game and it still works and everything so love that game Ronan says, 2K says that executive producer Patrick Gilmore ran an Ask Me Anything Reddit form to receive the most requested modes, features like GM mode, create a story, finisher, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so, um, I mean, I hope I, I hope that 2K turns it around. I really do. But they're, the biggest thing for 2K that they need to do is they need to fix their online play. That's my personal opinion. Because I used to love going online and playing other people online in the uh, the WWE games. You, even back to like the SmackDown versus Raw era and stuff. I loved going online and playing people online. But they made it to where the only way to really compete online, without getting super 
detailed into it. Basically, on like on the games, you have a certain amount of, of reversals for your character. And it became about strategizing on how to get the other person to use all theirs and then just spam them with moves. So you basically would like create wrestlers where they'd have like these quick jabs or these spinning heel kicks or you know spinning back fists or something something that was really really fast and very easy to counter and you were doing that hoping like they'd counter 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 they're out of counters and now you just hit them with all your moves over and over and over again until they start building their counters back it got it just wasn't fun anymore it got really uh it was like you're just spamming you know it just this wasn't fun and they need to fix that that's the only way i'm getting another wwe game ever again if i know for a fact they have fixed the online play and it's actually fun to play other people online and that matches don't drop that happened way too much too like i'd get the game and my brother would get the game and we'd try to do tag team matches online and stuff and the matches would always drop off and players would, would always lag out and stuff i mean the online play was a disaster um let's see here Ronan says, do you have a main Twitter account besides Fight Talk? I can share you details on this. Um, yeah, no, the main account is it's the one that you're seeing, Fight Talk underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. I have a, just kind of like a, uh, almost it's almost a backup page called Fight Talk Fans. And that's a little more specific to uh, the podcast itself. I tweet links out for the show and stuff on there, uh, like the replays and stuff. But those would be the places to send me, Ronan, would be Fight Talk underscore or Fight Talk fans. Eric Clark says, do you think CM Punk will be WWE champion again in the WWE? Nope. I don't think he's ever going to wrestle for the WWE again. I mean, if he does, it'll be when fans are back. But I think if I think if CM Punk does wrestle again, it'll be in AEW. If he wrestles on TV again, I think it'll be on AEW. You know, maybe he shocks the hell out of all of us and pops up on like a GCW show or something. But the thing, the thing for the CM Punk at this point is, you know, if a company is going to offer him a ton of money, which only really WWE and um, AEW are going to be able to offer the kind of money that CM Punk's going to be looking for, and then the creative aspect, like what is interesting enough to get Punk to come back, and also he doesn't have the bad, like he has bad blood still with the WWE. I know people think that they're all everything's fine because he did the the FS1 show and all that stuff, but he was employed by Fox to do that. I'm sure the WWE had to approve it, but like he was he was hired to Fox, not the WWE. So I think there's still probably some sour grapes there between uh, you know CM Punk and Triple H, CM Punk and Vince McMahon, that kind of stuff, and he doesn't have to deal with that with AEW. You know, and AEW has a lot of talent that he has not worked with. And that's another big thing, I think, for CM Punk is coming back and wrestling people he hasn't wrestled before. Because otherwise, what's the point? You know, Ronan says the AK camera angles in the Royal Rumble. Into, yeah, dude, that a, the AK cameras are incredible. I love those. The way that they kind of blur out the background and, and uh, focus in, you know on the people and stuff. I think the, that those cameras are really the future of sports because they're using them in the Super Bowl and stuff too. I mean, it's, that's, I, I love, just my opinion, as someone who does video editing and stuff, like I really, really like the AK cameras a lot. Kogan says, did you ever come up with more answers to that question I asked in the last live stream? The one of match pairings that disappointed. Kogan, I haven't thought about it anymore, honestly. Um, if any more come to mind though before I get off live, I'll uh, I'll I'll answer that. 
Ronan says, did you watch the January 30th edition of Talking Smack when AJ Styles and Paul Heyman are on TV together after 10 months? AJ got off script about the release of Gallows. Yeah, I did. When he talked about Gallows and Anderson, yeah. Yeah, I did. AJ seemed to feel really responsible for the Gallows and Anderson uh, layoffs, which, you know, that's not really fair. You know? I mean, like, it's not fair for AJ to feel that way. Um, That whole situation sucked. You know, they had just signed the Good Brothers to, like, these big contracts and basically kept them from signing anywhere else because they offered, they, they promised them so much. And, they, yeah, that whole situation with, and then they got let go and all that. It just, that whole situation sucked for everybody involved. But I know AJ Styles and Paul Heyman had some big falling out because of that. So, yeah, it's interesting. Kogan says, also, just for clarification to answer your answer last time you don't think that eddie and angle had bad chemistry just below the standard you would have expected yeah so on the last show uh kogan said that eddie and angle uh didn't really have the best chemistry but uh like he, he basically expected eddie versus angle to be better so he was asking if there were any matches that i thought had like a lot of potential but just didn't really the wrestlers just didn't match or, or mesh uh, how we would expect them to Ronan says the details are shared on your Twitter. Check it. Let me know when you received it. Okay, I'll check it here in just a second, Ronan. And Ronan also asks, is Carlito back in WWE with a multi-year contract or part-time? No clue. I have not kept up with it. Um, I got your tweet, by the way, Ronan. I'll watch that video. Um, but I don't know with Carlito. I, I would assume that if Carlito's back, then it's, it's probably... It's probably however MVP's contract works. Because I think MVP is technically a part-time wrestler, but he's on like a full-time like talent contract because obviously he's doing all the stuff with the Hurt business, but you don't see him wrestle that often. I don't know. I want to see more of Carlito, though. I mean, he looks to be in amazing shape. Was he on Raw last night? I don't, th- I don't think he was. At least I missed it if he was. I know he was on Raw last week. And of course, he was at the Royal Rumble. But I, I'm—I mean, he looks great. I, I hope to see him more often. Uh, Ronan says, "What are some good WWE movies you've seen? Like Twelve Rounds of Condemned, The Marine Dude? I haven't seen any of them. I don't think. Uh, I—I'm not a big movie guy. I watch a lot of movies from like when I was a kid and stuff like that. It's really hard to get me in, to invest in new movies because I—I just see like the time on them where it's like." you know two three hours sometimes on like the watch the watch time and i'm just like if i'm not drawn in within minutes to a movie like that i'm i'm dipping out i just don't want to spend that much time in front of my tv and i say that as somebody who watches a ton of wrestling but like wrestling to me is different it's just wrestling is really my my preferred you know uh source of entertainment you know when i'm not watching live wrestling a lot of the time i'm going back and watching old indie stuff on IWTV or I'm watching mixed martial arts or I'm watching, you know, I'm rewatching old stuff that I liked when I was younger, you know, just so I honestly haven't seen, I don't think any of the WWE movies, but I've heard some of them are good. A lot of people have told me that the condemned is like an incredible movie, like not even like as a joke or anything like they, I've heard that the condemned is really, really good. Ronan also says, if Zach Gallon had both legs, do you think he would be a main attraction on SmackDown? I don't know. It's really hard to know, because I think a big reason he was on SmackDown is because he had one leg, because of kind of the attraction with that. 
Um, and that was like the story, right? Like he was getting bullied, and like Hulk Hogan was helping him, and and uh, and um, Brock Lesnar. But what I will say about Zach Gallen is he's obviously incredibly athletic. I saw that he's been doing like the uh, the Ninja Warrior and stuff like that, and he's very, very, very impressive. Um, you know, I don't know if you all have seen. Um, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. Is it Dustin? Dustin Thomas? I, I'm totally spacing on his name for some reason. He's the one. He's the one everyone calls No Legs on when he's on GCW shows, and he's done a little bit with like AEW, or at least he was at. He was at All In. I'm pretty sure he might have been a Double or Nothing. Um, but the dude who has no lower body, like he has his, you know, he has arms and you know his arm, his head, his torso and stuff, but it like it cuts off at his waist. And I mean, I'm super, super, super impressed that, you know, the the amount of skill and physicality and heart and just guts you have to have to get into pro wrestling with like that kind of uphill battle, I think is really impressive. So like, I have all the I have all the respect in the world for for guys like Zach Gallen and stuff that that have been able to do that. Guys like uh, like Gregory Iron who has cerebral palsy, like and just uh, I think he's an inspiration. There's a lot. There's there's actually a guy when I was in high school, a guy named Kyle Maynard who uh, no no legs, no lower body, had uh, arms, but they cut off at his elbows. And he was an amateur wrestler and like a good one. Like he might have even qualified for state. Yeah, he might. I, I, he was like he was that good that like he might have qualified for state with basically no arms and no legs. I mean, he was super super impressive. And he was an amateur wrestler and he actually wound up winning an SP uh, years back because of just how impressive he is. So I got nothing but respect for for everyone who can do that. But at the same time, that's kind of why I say like I don't know. I don't know what Zach Allen would, would be like with, with two likes. He might be absolutely incredible. Just think about what he's like now, you know, so who knows. And uh, just keep in mind, y'all, I'll probably be going for another few minutes. Um, if you have anything that you definitely want me to answer or any way or anything you want to do to help support the channel, help support me and Jesse, super chats and donations. I've been going through um, all the chat today, and I really, really, really appreciate y'all. Uh, basically for keeping me company while we're just sitting here kind of kicking it. But I'll probably only go for another, you know, five, ten minutes or so. So if there's anything uh, that you really, really want answered or really, really want stated, make sure to send that super chat or a donation because it helps out a ton. And also, keep in mind, I'll have throwback on tomorrow. So we'll have another one of these tomorrow at 1 p.m. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time, that is. Kogan says, do you honestly believe creative now is worse than it was in 1995? It's hard for me to say, Kogan, because... Anything that I've seen from the WWE in 1995, I've watched retroactively because when I got into pro wrestling, it was around that time, around 94, but I was a big WCW fan. I didn't really pay much attention to the WWE until probably late 96, sometime in 97. I got really, really into Shawn Michaels. Let me put it that way. Like around the time that Michaels, really around the time Michaels and Triple H started DX is when I really started paying more and more attention to the WWE. But until then, I was more so a WWE or a WCW guy, and I was more of a WCW guy up until probably like the year two thousand or so. I mean, I I love WCW. I I love the NWO uh, and all that stuff. So, um, 
so I can't really say like retroactively speaking I would say no like because if I were to go back right now and watch stuff from 95 because WWF in 95 would have been what like what like the rise of kind of more like Bret Hart in the title scene Sean kind of in the title scene I'm going to be a little bit off on my years probably uh, was that like Sid and Diesel like around that time or like Sid and Diesel real big I feel like everything I'm saying though has got to be better than like Nia Jax breaking her ass on TV though you know what I mean uh, Kogan sa- or uh, Ronan says is Royal Rumble 2001 the best one ever it's way up there I, I know I-, I think there's a good reason a lot of people bring that up a lot uh, speaking of retroactively if I look at like Royal Rumble 1992, which happened before I ever even watched wrestling, uh, I still think that holds up as one of the best Royal Rumbles ever. Like especially with like all the stars in that match and um, the story with Ric Flair, you know, pretty much running the gauntlet all the way. I mean, it, and the story with him and uh, you know Mr. Perfect or, or Kurt he- or uh, uh, Bobby Heenan like being on commentary, you know, like during the match and being a, a guy who was pulling for Flair the whole time and stuff. So I think you always got to put 1992 on there. But 2001 uh, was damn good also. And with 2001, that was right before... um, That was right before WCW got purchased. So that would have been all for the build-up to WrestleMania 17, which then, of course, was like arguably still to this day the best WrestleMania ever. So yeah, Royal Rumble 2001 was really important. Kogan says the best movie WWE produced is a horror a horror film called Oculus. I'm not too into horror movies, so I'll probably give that a pass. But um, for anyone who's listening right now, according to Kogan, Oculus is a good WWE film. Uh, if you want to check that out, Ronan says, "Why is Eugene erased from the WWE Encyclopedia? Is he?" That's interesting. Um, I it's weird. It's strange. I guess it depends on how you look at the Eugene character, like. On one hand, he's, like, this really, really inspiring character. Like, especially if I was a kid that had, like, uh, like a mental handicap or something like that. And I wanted to wrestle. And I thought there was no way I'd be able to. And then I saw a guy like Eugene on TV. I'd be like, you know, I think you need characters for everybody. Like, that, pe- that people can get behind. Especially kids. But on the other hand, I could also see WWE kind of looking back on it and being like, we were kind of making fun of, uh, you know, people that were disabled and handicapped. And so, like, they, they might feel really bad about kind of the way they portrayed Eugene in a lot of those stories, if that makes sense. So I could see it from that perspective. But it's nothing, nothing, nothing at all like uh, like Benoit, for instance. Like, you have to erase Benoit. You know what I mean? If that, if that makes sense, kind of what I'm saying. Like, like from the outside looking in, I could see people looking at the Eugene character and thinking it was in really poor taste. Um, but, like, if you had something like the Benoit situation, it's like, yeah, you just cannot associate with that guy's name no matter what he accomplished in wrestling. Ronan says, thoughts on WWE's faction called Legacy. I really liked it. I'm a humongous Cody Rhodes fan. I talk about him all the time, and I've mentioned this plenty, but for those of you who may not have known, I went to high school with Cody Rhodes. We were on the same wrestling team in high school. He's two years older than I am. And so I was able to watch his high school wrestling career where he won the state championship his junior and senior year at the same weight class, which was just like insanely impressive. 
Um, and then I watched his whole career from OVW through the WWE uh, to the Indies, now to AEW. I mean, I, hum- I'm, I outside of Cody Rhodes' immediate family, I'm probably the biggest Cody Rhodes fan on earth. Like, I'm pretty, com- I'm pretty confident in saying I'm probably the biggest Cody Rhodes fan alive outside of like his family. Um, and even then, it's probably pretty close. Um, but so yeah, I, I was very invested in Legacy. I thought it was, I thought the stable was was done fairly well. They got to at least wrestle, uh, you know, big names like Triple H and and uh, Sean. Like that was when DX was back and all that stuff. So, but the the issue that I had with Legacy was the entire thing was positioned it seemed like positioned to make Ted DiBiase Jr. the next kind of Randy Orton and Cody was seen as kind of like the um like the other brother you know I don't know how that if that makes sense like I remember Elimination Chamber one year Randy Orton and DiBiase both qualified and I think it was a title match and Cody didn't qualify so like DiBiase and, and Orton got in but Cody didn't and it's like Oh man, like they just don't, they just didn't view Cody as, as the star, which in hindsight is pretty hilarious considering how DiBiase Jr. basically wound up doing like nothing. And Cody has gone on to be one of the biggest stars in all of wrestling and is the EVP for AEW. And I mean, just all the stuff he's accomplished. I mean, it's, it's pretty wild that I know granted Ted DiBiase Jr. did look very, he had a lot of potential, but they absolutely chose the wrong one of those two to to push, you know, in that scenario for sure. Uh, Ronan says Booker T is suing Call of Duty. Wait, Booker T is suing Call of Duty. Back in the day, in WCW, he had a character character called Jabro. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, and in Black Ops Three, they used Booker T's likeness. So they have a character called Jabro, and it and it seems to look like. Booker T is Booker T basically assuming saying that they you put him in the game without him knowing. That's really interesting. Ronan also says was Kevin Owens Universal Title reign good or bad? It was good until he ran into Goldberg, and and unfortunately that's most of what people are going to remember about it is him just getting squashed by Goldberg. So that sucks. But I like the title reign. His uh, his allegiance with Jericho I thought was really well done, and um. In the whole friendship, of, I can't even remember what they called their their group or whatever. If they had a name, I can't even remember. Um, but yeah, when Kevin Owens and Jericho were like best friends, I thought that I thought that worked really well. Ronan also asked, "Do I remember when Jeff Jarrett held up Vincent Man for three hundred thousand dollars?" That's the story, at least. Um, I wouldn't be great at telling the story, but yeah, I do remember. Basically, Jarrett, I think at the time he was the Intercontinental Champion. He might it might have been for him to wrestle China. I can't remember, but he was. I think his contract ran out, and uh, he wouldn't lose the belt and go on TV and, and lose the title and, until he got paid that amount of money. And then Jarrett had never was never seen again in the WWE until like you know recently when he came back for the Royal Rumble and as a producer and all that. But you know, in the in between all that, you had his run in WCW and his run with TNA and all that stuff. If I remember correctly, that's how that went down. Um, Ronan asked, should WWE have continued Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe feud in 2017 after two matches? No, because they made Brock look like the bigger star who was always going to win. 
I don't think that was... I think they had a really great opportunity to make Samoa Joe into something really special, and Samoa Joe beating Brock Lesnar would have been great. But once uh, once Brock once Brock establishes dominance on, on Joe, Joe was never going to... He was never going to... You know what I mean? The WWE, the WWE sees Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe as being on two completely separate levels. Uh, Ronan asked if Ken Shamrock deserved a WWE title run. He was definitely over enough that if they would have given him the title, because he was the Intercontinental Champion at, at one time, and he also won King of the Ring, all in a really short amount of time. But it's a good thing that they didn't give him the title because he bailed on the WWE pretty quick, went back into MMA, and then you know did his thing in TNA. And now he's back with Impact, which is wild that he's still he's still out there wrestling. But um, I think it's a good idea that they didn't give him the title. Like I said, he was over enough at the time that I wouldn't have had a problem with it. But considering the way he he would have probably wound up leaving anyways because you know after the after the wwe run is when he had his trilogy with tito ortiz and like they did huge business for the ufc ronan asked who has the best frog splash for me it's montez ford who you got like currently currently it's all time is eddie guerrero hands down like there, there are people you can make arguments for other people, you know, Rob Van Dam and stuff. But to me, Eddie Guerrero, it always looked the best. Um, I always liked D'Lo Brown's uh, lowdown where he'd go like in between his legs and stuff. But uh, to me, like no brainer, Eddie Guerrero, best frog splash of all time. Currently, uh, probably Leo Rush. Leo Rush's got a really nice one. He basically does the lowdown D'Lo Brown style. I'm gonna take a few more questions here, guys. Uh, so. Just kind of going to go through uh, the next few here. But once again, Super Chats and donations. I'll stay on here all day if I'm getting those. Um, but uh, but what I'm going to do here is I'm going to answer the rest of the questions I see on the screen right now. I'm going to talk about our the sponsors for the show. And then I will, uh, if there are Super Chats or donations, I will address those before we get out of here. So as of the questions that I still have right now... Um, Ronan talking about the WWE 2K20 game. Well, that's interesting. It predicted the fallout in, in a lot of the matches and stuff that wound up happening that year. That's pretty interesting. Kogan says, do you think Brock leaving in 2004 is possibly the worst thing that ever happened to WWE? It feels like that since they never wanted to create new stars in fear of them leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, Brock Lesnar leaving the WWE hurt the WWE in a lot of ways. Um, because for those of you who who might not remember or may not, might not have been watching at the time, the WWE had had positioned Brock Lesnar as the face of the whole company. Like clearly their, their next star, their, their big attraction was Brock Lesnar. He came into the company, just beat up everybody. He, he made Hulk Hogan pass out in a bear hug, which like you never see that. Um, he beat, so he beat Hulk Hogan with a bear hug. He beat, the Undertaker in Hell in a Cell. He beat The Rock for the WWE title. He won King of the Ring. I mean, he did everything. And it was all about him. But they wanted him to beat Stone Cold Steve Austin in a King of the Ring qualifier. And Stone Cold famously took his ball and went home. Um, so the company had put all of their all of their ball or their balls, all their uh, marbles into one basket. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But you, you know what I mean. Like, they, they put it all their eggs in one basket. That's what I'm trying to say um, with uh, with Brock Lesnar. So when he bailed on them, yeah. Because 
Now, on the flip side, had Brock Lesnar bail, not bailed, I don't think we would have gotten uh, John Cena to the level that we got John Cena. And, you know, I think that that's a good thing because Cena became a massive superstar. And that's a whole other conversation that would take way too long for me to explain. But I am with you about them fearing making new stars because they're afraid they're going to leave. Because I think that's a real thing also. I think that's a big reason you see so much 50-50 booking in the WWE uh, is because they are afraid that they if they, if they create out if they create outliers um, that get too over that the that those superstars realize like okay I don't need the WWE anymore like I can go back and have like my own Twitch channel I can have my own YouTube career I can go do movies I can do commercials TV shows all this other stuff and not get uh, beat up and not have to work you know three hundred plus days and all this stuff. So, so yeah, I think there's definitely a balance there, but ultimately the WWE needs to create stars because what, what they're sacrificing is the quality of their own shows and the interest of their own shows and the amount of people watching their shows is much lower than it's been. I mean, when you think about like the Attitude Era and you think that there were, you know, eight to 10 million people watching wrestling every Monday between WCW and WWE, and even when WCW got bought and when ECW got bought and all that stuff, like, WWE was still getting, you know, what, like, probably 5 million viewers or whatever. Like, I'm just guessing, but probably something like that. I mean, probably at least half of the people that were watching at the peak were still watching when it was only WWE. And to just watch it slowly just drop down to where, like, a million and a half, you know, that's just sad. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they are not creating new stars. And I think part of it's the brand split. I think you're diluting your brand. Uh, you're diluting your shows and it's harder to make. It's funny because it works counterproductively. Like the, the brand extension um, exists because they're they're trying to create new stars. Two shows with two rosters giving more people an opportunity. But what I think they should do is like Roman Reigns should be featured on Raw and SmackDown. He's a, he should be your star that you see everywhere. Um, Kevin Owens should be featured on Raw and SmackDown, AJ Styles should be on Raw and SmackDown. Like, I don't think that there should be a brand split. I think there should be one set of championships because it makes all the titles more valuable when there's less of them. And, you know, the WWE's got plenty of performers, like, in plenty of brands. Like, you know, if you have Raw and SmackDown, and that's one thing with one set, then you have NXT as its own thing. You have NXT UK as its own thing. You have 205 Live as its own thing. I mean, you still got plenty of space for a lot of performers. Um... So, I so that's the thing. I think the brand split actually hurts the creation of news of new stars because if you don't watch Monday, if you don't watch SmackDown, for instance, if you only watch Raw, you're not even seeing what Roman Reigns is doing. But if Roman Reigns was on Raw and SmackDown, you'd be watching him on Raw, and he might be so over, and he might be so interested that you're also watching SmackDown to watch him. Those are real stars, people that you're like you're willing to tune in whenever they're doing something. It doesn't matter what the day is. Like those are real stars. Um, so, WWE doesn't have any of those. Roman Reigns is the closest thing they've got to a star. You know, the closest thing. And he's still way, way, way far away from, you know, a John Cena. Or even, you know, a CM Punk. You know, anything like that. Alright, so that'll do it for the questions that I had up uh, a second ago when I was reading those off. I'm going to pull up my sponsors list right now real quick to tell y'all a little about them. 
and then uh, we'll get out of here. But like I said a second ago, uh, thank y'all very much for watching. And if you do have any last second super chats, you can do that right through YouTube. If you have any uh, donations, the donation the donation links are in the description of the video. So that would be very, very, very appreciated. And I will make sure to answer any of your questions or deep dive or uh, you know read any of your statements or anything right after I talk about the sponsors. So send those while I'm talking about the sponsors and I'll make sure to address them right before uh, we get out of here. So I almost have the sponsors pulled up. Uh, I thought I did. I do now. Okay, let's see how this looks on the screen. That'll do. All right, so we got Music City Toys and Collectibles. They are the place to be for all professional wrestling, uh, you know, memorabilia, whether it's you know, action figures, DVDs, magazines, autographs, anything you think of. Music City Toys and Collectibles is the place to be. They are nice people. They give you fair business. And they sell stuff outside of pro wrestling, too, like sports memorabilia. I always, I always have a hard time saying the, the term memorabilia. My screen's a little screwed up right now, but uh, they do claim sales and they do live auctions and stuff like that on their Facebook page. They are opening a brick and mortar location in Nashville, Tennessee on May 1st. So big things going on for Music City Toys and Collectibles. Make sure to show them some love. And if you need to buy anything that has to do with wrestling, then that is your place to go. Please do that. Check it out. Music City Toys and Collectibles. Nice people. Fair business. Check them out. Also, shout out to WrestleRumble.com, place to be for fantasy pick'em contests for professional wrestling. We have a new, oh man, this is sick. We have a new belt giveaway. It's called the Revolution Belt Giveaway. It's going to be $1 entries. So for $1, and there's going to be one winner, winner takes all. This is insane. For $1, all right, somebody's going to win. Replica titles. These are the real deal replicas. The you know the three four hundred dollar replica titles. Maybe even more than that. Someone's getting the AEW World Championship, the TNT Championship, the AEW World Tag Team Titles, and the FTW Championship. That is completely insane. Someone's winning that for one dollar. That is so awesome. Support WrestleRumble.com. Jump on there. Throw a few bucks on there. Try to win some insane prizes. WrestleRumble.com. Stay up to date with all their contests. On Twitter, give them a follow over at WrestleRumble. And lastly, we got my brother Brian Jensen. He is a co-owner of Steel Boxing and Athletics, a gym out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I thought I could go to their page, but I can't. That's annoying. Can I not... Uh... Sorry, y'all. Can I not just... I don't know why Instagram does that. I don't have, I used to be the social media manager for uh, a uh, an Instagram account. And now I can't even look at my brother's page. Are you kidding me? Well, anyways, his, uh, his you, I gotta have to figure out a way to fix that. So now because I don't have my own Instagram, I can't even look at his page. That's annoying. Make sure to follow my brother. It's Boxing ATL on Instagram. B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. He can help you reach your goals. If you want to learn how to throw hands, get in better shape, you want to lose some weight, uh, if you want to compete professionally or in an amateur level, 
uh, whatever it is, MMA, pro, or yeah, you can help you if you're a pro wrestler and you just want to, you know, get some boxing training and stuff. That help, you know, that'll help too. So he can help you. He has a certification to work with Parkinson's patients, people with neurological issue of all ages and sizes and everything. Like he can help you. Just search for him on Instagram at Boxing ATL B O X I N G A T L. Hit him up, and just like with all of our sponsors, if you tell them that myself or Jesse sent you that way, I promise you they will give you really, really good deals on whatever you are uh, trying to do. And my Twitter, of course, is Fight Talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. Check out the Fightful Select Weekender podcast every Sunday at FightfulSelect.com. All things MMA for my YouTube videos that I uh, that I edit for all things MMA and all that stuff. I'll talk a little bit more about uh, what I got going on this week after I read this super chat. Thank you so much, Ahmed, with the $5. says, just saying hi. Have a good day, brother. Ahmed, if you're still in here watching, thank you so much for the super chat. I really, really appreciate it. Hope you're having a good day as well. And I hope uh, things are, you know, getting better. You know, I know you're going through a lot right now, and I appreciate you. Uh, I mean, all the money you've, you've donated to the stream this last week is, uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And I, and I know I speak for Jesse as well. So uh, so thank you, Ahmed. You are uh, you're a great guy. This is very, very nice of you. And I've been thinking about you, and I, I hope that... Uh, I hope that things are getting better for you, man. This is always a place you can come and hang out and just kind of escape from the world. You know what I mean? And also, I want to give a shout-out real quick to Corey Hummel, an avid listener and watcher of the show, who I don't want to show it on screen because I don't know how that works with... I could probably show it because, like, maybe I'll show it next time or maybe when I got Jesse on here. But um, Corey actually purchased me a cameo from Shelly Martinez, who was Ariel in ECW. And she sent me this great video message and was really, really nice. And thank you, Corey. It was a complete surprise. I didn't expect it at all. And wanted to give Corey a shout out before I got out of here. And last thing I'm gonna say before we uh, sign off is make sure tomorrow to tune in. If you're listening to this uh, today, then, or watching this today, it'll be tomorrow. That'll be Tuesday the 9th so tuesday february 9th at 1 p.m eastern time i'll be going live with throwback throwback 27 pat whatever you want to call him we'll be on here tomorrow uh answering your questions and probably doing a preview and some predictions for nxt takeover so i'll see y'all again tomorrow at 1 p.m eastern thank y'all very much for listening i had a great time uh kicking it and hanging out with y'all